I was a little bit worried when Sally introduced us earlier on to said I was going to give a short talk today. Have you seen my notes? I mean, I'm trying not to worry you. I promise you it won't be that long. Well, good morning. Um, welcome to this Easter Sunday. There's been less than 2,000 of these in the history of the world. Isn't that amazing? So you're here to experience one of these very special days. Now, I've called my message this morning the Easter experience. And in a moment, we're going to read a little bit about what the Easter experience is once we get some technology going. We have some technology. The Easter experience. I'm going to read to you a short passage from the Bible. It's going to appear on the screen behind me. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you've come from God as a teacher, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Let's just bow our heads and pray for a moment, can we please? Father, we thank you this morning for this incredible, special Easter day. And Father, we pray it will be special personally to us. Thank you for what you accomplished through Jesus at the cross and through his resurrection. Thank you for all that means for us today, now here in this place. Lord, would you open our hearts and eyes to see and hear and understand it like we've never understood it before. Amen. Now, it's no accident that you are here today. God saw you coming to this meeting. Now, the reason I can say that with confidence is this. The message I'm about to speak to you came to me about five weeks ago. And in the way that we say in this church, God speaks to us, I really felt God impressed by his spirit on my heart what to speak about today. And this went on with me for some time. God saw you would be here today. God knew you would be in this place. And he was ready and waiting for you weeks ago to speak to you personally this morning. So this is a great opportunity to open our hearts and minds and say, God, what do you want to speak to me today? If I, if I could hear you speak, what is it you would speak into my life? Now, some years ago, I was working for a, a guy, and was my boss, and his wife had a very unusual and interesting job before she became his wife and got pregnant and left work and was having children. Her job was to be the secretary of a fan club of a very well-known group. Perhaps we can have the slide up. Now, I shouldn't really tell you this group's name, but you might be able to spot who they are in this crowd. 
And at the time, eBay hadn't been invented. And so she was trying to sell off a whole attic full of stuff, letters, cards, photographs, memorabilia from her time as one of the secretaries of this fan club. And people would write letters to the fan club and they would say things like, you know, what color eyes does such and such member of the group have? Or what's their favorite pet or animal? Or all those usually helpful pieces of fantastic information that really make you feel closer to your favorite pop idol. And so she was busy dispatching letters like this all of the time. Here's the curious thing. She knew loads of trivia about, nearly said their name, and I mustn't do that for the sake of the tape because it's all copyright and data protection. But she knew loads of trivia about this particular band. But she didn't actually know any of them. She couldn't walk up to him and say, oh, hello, Ringo. Oh, I've just given it away. <laughs> hello, uh, nice to meet you. How are you today? Do you fancy hanging out? Should we go down the road for a cup of coffee? All that sort of stuff. She wasn't able to approach them personally because she didn't know them personally. She knew loads about them, loads more than the fans did, but she didn't actually have a personal connection or relationship with the guys in the band. How strange is that? And that can be the same for people and God. It's the same for the guy in our story that we've just read about. He comes to Jesus knowing loads about God. And it's possible to know a lot about a lot of people. I think our next slide illustrates that. We can know all sorts of things about many, many people, and yet do we actually know those people? And that's so important when it comes to us and God. Do we know God as a friend? Do we know him as some, like someone we would know in our family? Someone we can connect with, talk to, listen to, feel close to. This guy comes to Jesus and he's in quite a lot of confusion. He's got his head and his heart going over time at the same time. And his head's telling him one thing and his heart's telling him another. His heart is telling him, look, why don't you just believe in this guy? No one could do the miracles he could do unless he's come from God. And his head's telling him, but what about this? And what about that? And what about this thing I read? And what would my friends say? And what would my mother say? And what would my mates at work say? And so there's this conflict going on inside him between his head and his heart. He knows loads about God, but just like the secretary of the fan club, he didn't actually know them. He didn't actually know God himself as a person. What does somebody do in this situation? I mean, what does anybody do when they're trying for years and years and years to get on with life, to make progress, but it seems like a never-ending struggle, a never-ending battle, a never-ending burden, and you don't get to where you want to get to in life? What do you do? Well, Give this man Nicodemus his dues. He was a highly intelligent person at this point because what he did was he came to find Jesus. Now, actually, you are highly intelligent as well. 
Would you turn to the person next to you and say, I am highly intelligent and so are you? I hope you don't mind doing that because we want you to come to church and feel better. But we also want you to feel God's presence. Now, the reason he was highly intelligent was because he went to the right person to ask his questions. And the reason you're highly intelligent is because you've come to the right place to ask your questions. So well done for being here, especially on Easter Day when you could have been holidaying or sunbathing or anything else. Thank you for that. It's good to have you here. So this guy, he comes to Jesus and he starts asking questions. And I think it's fair to say he got answers, but the answers he got was not the answers to the question he asked. Have you ever experienced that? Maybe you're trying to do your homework and you ask your parents for help. That can often happen. Or you ask the teacher for an answer and you get the answer to a different question. The answer he got really made him think. And he couldn't get his head around it. What's this man saying to me? How can I make sense of what he's talking to me about? Remember, his heart's telling him, just believe. This is who you've been looking for. This is what you've been looking for. And his head's telling him, but what about what about? But what about? But what about? What Jesus told him was the same that he tells to all his followers. It's the same thing he told all his disciples, and it's the same thing he would say to all of us here today. So we're going to look uh, for a short while at what it is that Jesus tells him. It's something very simple, straightforward, and very basic, and I've split it into two parts so that it's easy for us to understand today. Here is the first part. We can put that on the screen, please, Dave. Next one. You must. Now, those are two words designed to strike fear into the heart of every teenager. You must. If you can remember back that far, can you remember what it felt like when your mother said to you, you must, or your teacher said to you, you must? Can you remember how you felt inside a sort of, well, maybe you're going to get that on Tuesday when you go back to work and your boss says to you, you must complete that report by midday. John's already collapsing on the floor in grief. <laughs> you must. Now, those two words are generally guaranteed to get a reaction from human nature. And usually the reaction isn't so enthusiastic, if I can put it like that. It may not be very favorable at all. You must means there are no other options available to you. It's this or nothing. This is it. And you must means, well, let's put it like this. There are different levels of you must. There's, remembering back to when you're a child, you're playing a game with your brother or sister, and your brother or sister says to you, you must let me join in your game. That kind of you must generally doesn't carry a lot of clout with it. That's for older brothers and sisters to ignore. You must doesn't carry that 
doesn't carry much weight with it. Then there's the kind of you must which your teacher tells you, which is you must hand your homework in on Thursday. Now, as, a, as I was a teacher for 15 years, I was hoping that would carry a little bit more authority. I have to say, sometimes with some pupils, it was like their brother or sister saying, you must join in my, I'm just let me join in your game. It was a sort of, well, if nothing better is on on Wednesday night, then I'll do my homework. But if it's something good to watch on the telly or I want to go out with my friends, you might have to wait till Friday if you're lucky. There's another level of you must beyond that, which I think we've probably all experienced. It's this level of you must. You are outside in the street playing with your friends and your brother or sister comes out to you and says, Mum says you must come in now, it's time for bed. And because it's your brother or sister, you just ignore them. Five minutes later, this long, dark shadow appears over you in this sort of posture. And your mam appears on the street. And she looks at you in a certain way. It's the you must look. How many of you know that when your mama appears in the street with her arms on her hips like this, you are in deep and serious trouble? I mean, if you don't do what your mama says at that point in time, you have got no other options left. Your mama must be obeyed if you're wise. Let's give you some good advice this morning. Do what your mama says when she's like this. It'll go much easier for you in life if you do. See, there's that level of you must. And when God speaks to us as our Heavenly Father and says to us, you must, it's like when your mama says to you with her arms akimbo, you must. It's not to be ignored. It means there is no other option, no other way around this thing. Your mama has come to get you. You must. That's the first part of what Jesus says to this guy. You must. You must. You must. You must. Can you hear a you must on this Easter morning? From God, our Heavenly Father, through the mouth of his own Son, the Lord Jesus, you must. The second part that Jesus tells him is this. You must be born again. You must be born again. There's another way of translating this that's equally valid, which is born from above. The, the phrase has both these sentences in it. Help, I've lost it. Come back. Oh, all right, then I'll do. You must be born again. You must be born from above. There is a genuine, life-transforming experience of God that every person who hears this phrase can, if they're willing, experience. You must be born again. Now, if you 
want to know God and have that real experience of him in your life, there's no other way than this phrase. Can't hope or pretend or wish there was some other way. Your mama has got you on the street. She is going to take you in or you're going to have to leave home at the age of nine. There isn't really another option for you. You must. You must. You must. You must be born again. We came to Newcastle in 1997, 98? 98. Round about that time, there was a young lassie. See how the Geordie language is getting to me now. You, you stay here long enough and it starts to take over and the words start to get into your speech. There was a young lady called Lacey. Lacey's life was in free fall. She was uh, an older teenager, high school, and she was in desperate trouble. She had no belief in God. She would have called herself an atheist. She hated church, hated Christians, thought that was all just religious nonsense and hypocrisy. And yet, her own life was in a mess. She was taking drugs to help lift her above the pain and hurt and distress she was feeling. She was in difficult and abusive relationships that were giving her all kinds of problems. And she could feel or sense no purpose for herself in life. So one day she decided to leave school cut out her lessons, go home, and take her own life. For some strange reason, when she got home, the house was not empty. Her grandmother had decided to visit and was sitting there in the house when she arrived. And her grandmother started to talk to her, and a kind of a, a fierce discussion started because Lacey wanted the house empty, so she could do this terrible act to herself. And grandmother was getting in the way. How many of you know that grandmothers are there to get in your way? If you don't listen to your mama, God wheels in your grandma. Okay, give in while it's still at the mother stage. You've got no chance if your grandma gets onto you. And Lacey had no chance with her. So grandma, let's hear it from the grandma. Amen, from the grandmas here? Amen. Grandmas are God's gift to you when you don't listen to your mother. So her grandmother starts talking to her, and, and this all comes out. She says, you can't go on like this. I'm doing the best thing I know for you. She dragged her off to church. Well, stay, uh, Lacey did not want to go. But grandmother insisted, so I don't know when this was, perhaps the next day, she takes her off to church. Well, in Lacey's mind, she is going to go to church to keep her grandmother off her back and then slip out while her grandmother's not looking go home when nobody else is going to be there and do what she's determined to do. She is that desperate. And 
While this is happening, she's sitting in church listening to a sermon like this. Apparently, the pastor or the preacher had white hair. I'm not sure if I quite qualify yet. Um, but anyway, as he is preaching, instead of the message she thought she would get, he starts talking about feeling hurts and pains and distress in life. And she says, that's me. And then he said, some people here are feeling like they want to take their own life. And she was really spooked out by that. How could he know that? So she decided it was too hot for her to handle, and she's trying to get out to slip to the door. So she manages to get away one moment while her grandmother's not looking and get to the door. And at the door, there's another guy who's even older than the pastor, so it can't be this church. And, well, maybe. And at the door, this guy stops her, and he said... Before you go, I just feel God's put some words in my spirit, my heart, for you. And he starts to say, God sees your, your distress. He never met her. She didn't know him. He didn't know her. He starts to tell her about her life. And, and she's really caught by all of this. And he says, before you go, could I pray for you? And she says, well, okay. So he prayed for her. And he actually did what the Bible says. He put his hands on her. And in that moment... Lacey said something amazing happened in her life. She started to see and understand, first of all, how much God loved her, and second, how much her life was in a mess. And that the things that were really dragging her down were not good things. They're things that she called, and the Bible's called sin, wrongdoings, things that we think are okay in life, that we think will make us happy, but in fact, just lead to greater and greater problems and issues and distress. And all of a sudden, she stopped trying to get out of church. In that moment, she says in her book, I, I didn't want to carry through my plan. In that moment, I encountered the love of God. In that moment, I decided to turn away from my old life. And for However many years I had left, I was going to give every day of the rest of my life to Jesus. In that moment, she said, I was born again. Now, the story actually starts there at that point. Lacey, by the way, lived in Texas. Good place to be. And she discovered she had a, a really good voice. So she started to sing, and people started to take notice. She quickly got publicity, not just in the Christian scene, but actually in the general music scene. She became the, the co-founder and lead vocalist of a, a, what, a hard rock band. Does that mean something to anybody here, hard rock? I mean, I like to climb on that stuff, but I don't know what it means in music terms much, except it's louder than I would like. Um, and she became a lead singer in this band. This band was called Flyleaf. And they won awards for their music. Actually, later, she's that good. She actually stopped doing that band. She left that, and uh, she, started her, she started her own album as a solo artist. And she was the first ever female solo artist to go straight to the top of the hard rock charts on her debut album. She's that good. This is a big market in America. In all of that, her life was transformed. Later, she married. She's now a mum with three children. And in 2008, a few years after all this happened, uh, 
probably the leading Christian music band in the States, and this is a big market over there, it's millions and millions. They found out about her, and they asked her to join them on an album. The album won, won two Grammys, so she got two Grammys. And I'm going to play you the song she got two Grammys for. You up for this? So this is the song that she recorded with them.
Nicodemus, I got that from his Facebook page. <laughs> the message is the same that Jesus gave to him that night and to Lacey that day and to us here today, five weeks ago before you even got here. You must be born again. That's the way to find God and to know him as a person, not just know some things about him. By the way, while we're on the story of, or while we're on the subject of music and singers, I don't know if you remember in the papers, a couple of years ago, there was one of these posh parties on one night where all these sort of celebrities were invited to. And they turn up and all their fans are outside trying to get photos of them and snap selfies of them as people do. I had the chance with Tom Cruise, but I turned it down just because I didn't want to flog up, you know, my non-existent Facebook page. And these celebrities, this group arrive, and one of them is a, is a woman, and she's on her own. She's got no dinner date for this party. I think it was Jerry Halliwell of Spice Girls fame, if I remember rightly. And the crowd are all cheering to, to her for a selfie. And do you know what she does? She walks over to the crowd, and you know where they have the barriers around all the hefty security guys there? And she says, she said, do you want a selfie with me? And so this guy says, yeah, yes. And she said, take him out. So they, she put him on the road. She said, you can come into the dinner with me. And that night, she took this young man on her arm into this dinner date with all these celebrities. Can you imagine that? I mean, his Facebook page must have had 10 times the number of likes the next day. I mean, how amazing is that? You're just a fan in the crowd one minute. The next minute, you're inside with her and all these other incredible, famous people. And that's how you go from being in the fan club and knowing some information about to actually being a friend of and knowing the person. Hi, Jerry. She's my friend. We know each other. That's what it's like with God. You can know something about him, but there's this incredible day when he comes along to the barrier and says, I want to take you with me into my place. Would you like to come? That's what this is all about today. Jesus is inviting you to be his friend. But in order to be his friend, we must be born again. We must. We must. There is no other way. How do you do that? Here's my last little bit of the Bible on the next slide. Jesus said, whoever, or the Bible says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So could you give me that? Now, what does this little bit mean to finish off with? Well, there are two possible outcomes in our lives. One is to be Jesus' friend. The other is to be a hot water bottle. Now, which would you prefer to be, a hot water bottle or Jesus' friend? It's a no-brainer, this one. Now, here's why I say a hot water bottle, because this is not the first hot water bottle we've had. These things have a reputation of not lasting. Do you know what happens to them? They perish. And when they perish, they're still there, 
but you can't use them for what they were originally made for. And when you and I take the precious life God gives us, and we get ourselves into trouble like, stay, like Lacey did. We live life like she did. Our lives are destined to perish. They won't last. Now, what do you do with a hot water bottle once it starts to leak water into the bed? Now, if I can speak the language correctly, I think the phrase is, you hoyer oot man. Hoyer oot man. Is that right? Something like that. You hoyer oot man. When it's no longer able to fulfill the purpose that it was made for, because it's perished from the inside. There's only one thing that can happen to it. We hoyer oot man. It's not that we're mean to hot water bottles. It's just they can't do what they're supposed to do. And when our lives get into trouble with all the stuff that we can get into trouble with in life, we can't do what we're supposed to do. We can't be who God's made us to be. We can't live for the purpose God has made us for. And the Bible says, when that happens, perish. That doesn't mean you stop existing. It just means you can't do what you were made to do. The other alternative is eternal life. Is living at a whole new level Knowing God, knowing Jesus, knowing the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, knowing that the stuff that's been working away in our lives to do us harm has been removed and taken away. Knowing that our past, our wrongs, our sins are forgiven. And there's a new presence in our lives, the Holy Spirit, who brings us heaven's power now to live a different life. That's the options eternal life or a hot water bottle. And the difference is here. It's in that one word there, believes. Whoever believes in him. Now, there's believe and there's believe. That young man who was fortunate enough to be at the dinner dance as an onlooker in the crowd that night he believed in Jerry Halliwell. He believed the Spice Girls really existed and sang songs. But he entered into a whole different meaning of believe when she invited him out of the crowd and took him in to the event with her as her friend, as her accompaniment for the night. Wow. It's that kind of belief. It's putting your trust in, putting your confidence in, putting your life in that person's hands. It's that kind of believing. And that's what makes the bridge. And that's what makes the difference. That's what the Easter experience is. That's why Easter. That's what Easter is for. That's what Lacey Sturm did that day in church. That's 
what Lucy did when she said she put her hand up. She wasn't even sure why. But her heavenly father was saying to her, you must, you must, you must be born again. She heard that in her heart. And what God said to Lacey, what God said to Lucy, what God said to Nicodemus, he's also saying to us today, you must be born again. That's Easter. That's the Easter experience that so many of us thank God for in our lives today. If you've never made that commitment but you would like to this morning, I want to give you a chance right now. There's no time like the present. This is your opportunity. While you've been intelligent, remember, like Nicodemus, now the really intelligent thing is to follow through. By the way, Nicodemus did become a follower of Jesus. He did get born again. He listened to his heart and told his head to shut up. Eventually his head came into line with his heart. And we can do the same. This is an opportunity to be giving our lives to the Lord. feel you slip back you've not lived in the good of that commitment then you can make a fresh commitment to God today as well on this 2019 Easter day just put a short prayer on the screen here to look at it says this Lord Jesus I believe you died and rose again at Easter I believe you can forgive me and give me eternal life. Please forgive all my wrongdoings, all my sin, and come into my heart now. I turn from my old way of living, and I give you my life. I ask you now for your new life so that I can be born again, born from above. Thank you, Lord. I receive you now. Amen. That's the invitation today. A great day to do what so many have done. If you look at that video online that I showed you earlier, it's got over four and a half million views. And there are hundreds and hundreds of ordinary people writing comments on it saying, This is what I did. And I found the difference in my life. Jesus has become real to me. God is real to me. My life's been transformed and turned around. There's a precious one. The first one right under the film there says, I've been off drugs for six years now. I'm cleaned up. I've married a wonderful Christian woman. We have a one-year-old child. And I'm so grateful to Jesus to the day I got born again. He's helped me in my life. And there's hundreds more like that. And you can read them for yourself. They're precious and stirring and moving to read. 
And that can be our story today. Don't miss this opportunity. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you if you want to read this with me as a prayer. And if you know that eternal life isn't where you have been going, and if you say this sincerely to God and believe it in your heart, the Bible says you will be, not you might be, but you will be saved. So let's read this together as a prayer, then we'll close our eyes and pray afterwards. Lord Jesus, I believe you died and rose again at Easter. I believe you can forgive me and give me eternal life. Please forgive all my wrongdoings, all my sin, and come into my heart right now. I turn from my old way of living and I give you my life. I ask you now for your new life so that I can be born again, born from above. Thank you, Lord. I receive you now. Amen. Just close our eyes and pray a moment, please. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you've prayed it because you've felt you've gone so far from God, and you meant it with all your heart. The Bible says God will hear. And like Jerry Halliwell, he'll pick you out of the crowd and take you inside with him. You will be part of his family and eternal life will be yours. Anyone can pray that prayer. Anyone. God will receive anyone who sincerely asks him. If you've done that this morning and you've meant it with your heart, then God is already at work in your life by His Spirit, unseen but real, speaking to you on the inside. I'd like to speak to anyone who's done that today and wants to know more about what they've just done, like Lucy did. While our eyes are closed, if that's you, so I want to ask you to put your hand up if you don't mind so I can see who you are and speak to you afterwards. Anybody here who's prayed that for the first time really wants to know this eternal life. Don't let this Easter day go by without this incredible opportunity and offer. Is anybody here? Anyone here? And let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this precious Easter day. Thank you with you every day can be Easter day. Thank you this is about new life, about being transformed, about being born again, about knowing you as our friend, about living life with you and with the power of eternal life inside us. Thank you for this precious day, Lord. We pray on this Easter day, we will all experience more of you, more of your presence, more of your heart for us, more of your goodness and love, more of your closeness, more of your desire to know us and be our friend. Lord, bless us, we pray, in the rest of this day. 
May your presence and spirit go with us. Amen. Thank you all very much. Happy Easter.